BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Today's episode, I'm really excited about. We have been talking recently a lot about confidence and self-love. I had a conversation a few episodes back with Paul Fishman and I received almost honestly like an overwhelming response from you guys. I got so many DMs of you guys just saying how much that episode helped you. So I really wanted to continue the conversation on about confidence and loving yourself. And I wanted to have Audrey on the show. We're having Audrey Peters, spoiler alert. I'm sure you guys saw the title because she is very tangible and practical when it comes to how to build confidence. We're not just sitting here telling you, oh, you should be confident or you should love yourselves. Like she's getting very detailed in what she did. And it's really something that we can all do. It is so great. I actually agree with so much of what she has to say about it. And I think She's one of the few people who explains it this way. And I really was just excited for this conversation. We also are talking about her boyfriend at the end. I mean, it's just a really good episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about things I've been loving lately and also give you guys a good little book rack. I actually have two things this week. The first thing being, I have been loving cooking. That is no surprise to you guys. Um, You know, I think I am Martha Stewart. Also, you know, breadwinning housewife. By the way, I am working on merch for breadwinning housewife, guys get excited. That is my most requested thing from you. Okay. I'm working on it. I promise. But I will say there is something about the fall that just gets me into this cooking mood. I live at Sprouts. I could actually do an entire breadwinning housewife part two solo episode about, you know, the things I've changed, you know, gardening. It's still not really working. I actually just trashed all of the plants on my rooftop because they're all dead, but you win some, you lose some. I'm going to replace them. And I think that maybe this year it'll be better. But as far as like cooking, organizing, you know, all that stuff, I've got that all down. So anyways, I can do that. I've really fallen in love with Sprouts. That's honestly what I should talk about is how much I love Sprouts. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you have seen. And if you haven't, go check out my Instagram and watch the video. It's in feed about how I love Sprouts. If you're coming from the podcast, comment and I'll come say hello. But uh, I have this like unhealthy obsession with Sprouts. I walk in and it just makes me so happy. The second thing I have been loving so much has been actually an app, the Geneva app, which I mentioned briefly because we have a group chat on the Geneva app. It's essentially like a community building app, but we have a group chat. So you guys can join, you make friends. We have rooms for like Dallas. We have rooms for New York, LA, book recs, 
product racks. We were trying to find a catfish the other day. I mean, like we really do a lot in there, honestly. I actually was at my favorite bar this weekend, Skellig. And it really is like, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing, you know, talk about how much I love sprouts. I love sprouts probably more than Skellig, just, you know, health. But Skellig is up there. It is one of my favorite places in the entire world, okay? Anyways, I was at Skellig and I met a few of you guys there. And you told me you met in our Geneva group chat, which is so cool. Actually, this week, it will have happened by the time you guys listen to it, but we're having a happy hour that is invited through the Geneva app. They're hosting it. We're doing this fun little happy hour in Dallas. So I actually really want to start hosting happy hours and things, just events, I guess, in different cities. You know, Bumble BFF, I'm your girl. I can do that. I will do that. We have so many people coming to this event too. And I did not, I thought 10 people were going to come and that's just not what's happening. So anyways, that has been something I've been loving. If you guys haven't joined it, I would join. It's very great. I have the greatest time in there. And it's also cool. You can join other people's rooms and it's awesome. Okay, let me know if you guys want me to keep doing like my book of the week, my favorite book. This is the first time I'm doing it, but I actually just finished When She Returned by Lucinda Berry. And that was a thriller that I did not see coming. It was a very unique thriller. The wife doesn't kill the husband. Don't worry. It was actually incredible. Follows this woman who like disappears for 11 years and she's actually a part of a cult. It's really crazy. And like the aftermath of that, I really enjoyed it. Couldn't recommend it enough. But anyways, without further ado, I'm going to stop talking so we can have Audrey on the show. I think you guys are really going to like this and I think it's going to really help a lot of you. So I love you guys so much and let's welcome Audrey on to the show. Audrey, I have so many questions for you. You are such an interesting person to me because your life is insane. Oh, why, thank you. I don't know if I'd say it's insane, but thank you. No, in like a really good way, it's (laughs) insane. I think it is. You have a very interesting life. In what way? I don't know. Well, I listened to the podcast with Brooke, which they were just here, the Gals in the Go podcast. And I was like, oh my God, you've (laughs) lived like a thousand lives. But I want to first talk about the boyfriend um, (laughs) because I saw a TikTok um, that you posted, I don't know, this week. And I thought it was really funny. Something along the lines of, you know, it's okay to like make fun of like the finance boy who has navy blue bed sheets, but like it's okay that your boyfriend has that. (laughs) And like you were the number one hater of that and things have changed. And listen, you change your mind. Things happen and you know, it's fine. How did that come to be? Like you need to catch me up. Okay, so to start, I'm gonna say that the reason that I make fun of the stereotype of guys with navy sheets is because my before my current boyfriend, I went out with a guy with navy sheets. So it yes. was super easy from the start for me to pinpoint like the characteristics of like the bed in the corner, the one pillow, yes. the American flag, the navy sheets, the blah, 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 because I've gone out with that. Yes. Um, by no means is it a deal breaker. It's just such a funny it's a stereotype. It's funny, yeah. And what's funny about the guy with navy sheets is that you know that the guy with navy sheets only has them because his mom bought them for him yeah. because they know as a mother that their son is not going to wash their sheets that often. And you can't see dirt on navy sheets. Does that make sense? Yes. No. And by the way, this is most of my friends. So I think it's funny. And oh, it's I'm hilarious. like, 100% that is them. And they would think it's funny my too. My brother. My yes. brother has navy sheets. <laughs> yes. And the dirt thing, while unfortunate and like a little bit disturbing, it is true. Like that's why they're navy. Because It is why yeah. they're navy. Um, I think as you get older, I mean, I know for a fact my boyfriend washes his sheets regularly. Mm-hmm. Thank God. At least I have that going for yes. me, even though he does have navy sheets. However, he does alternate with gray. 
Oh, uh, so we're making steps something. in the right direction. I mean, it's all satire. It's all a joke. It's not like I would ever not go out with somebody because they have navy sheets. But I think because I make so much fun of it, people assume that I'm so like against it. And it's not that I'm against it. It's just funny to me. Yeah, people just don't get humor. Right. Unfortunately, I think, like some people are just not funny. And at the end of the day, like you can't fix that. Literally. It's yeah. not something that I can fix. If you don't get my humor, then I really feel sorry for you because I'm really funny. Yeah. I'm also humble. <laughs> but also yeah. really funny. Thank you. Yeah. It's not that I'm against it. It's just that my audience, it comes across that I'm against it. So I just made the joke that was like, yeah, it's not okay for everyone else as a guy to have Navy sheets, but it's okay if my boyfriend does. Yeah. And that um, makes sense to me. And everybody thought it was really funny. Like the video did well. Um, it wasn't even on my main account. It was on like my fake TikTok that I call Adrena. I got like a hundred thousand views for like a nothing account. But yeah, that's all it was. No, that makes complete sense. How did you guys meet? Hinge. Oh my God. Okay. So listen, since being in the city for, at this point, only like 48 hours, I've had so many people tell me like, you need to get on Hinge and there's so many success stories. But like, I'm I'm just someone who's like lazy and apps just kind of overwhelm me and whatever. And I know I have to get over that. Like I do. So I need you to like coach me through it. So you know what the thing is? You can't take it too seriously. Like when oh, I, I don't go- take anything seriously. So I got that. Down. There you go. Okay. So when I go on Hinge or when I used to go on Hinge, I never was thinking about being on Hinge. I thought of it as like, at one point I thought it was a, a joke. I was like, how many dates can I go on this week without having to pay for groceries? Yeah. And I think my record was like six or seven, something like that without going and to like to Trader Joe's or anything. However, I think in total, I went on like, I counted. I can't say they were all Hinge. Although I do think Hinge should sponsor me because I have nothing but good things to say about Hinge. I've never had a bad Hinge date. I've had bad dates from other apps. I think in total, I went on like 10 dating app dates. And I want to say like four of those were Hinge. Two of them were unbelievable guys, one of which I'm dating. And the other two were not bad guys. They just, we didn't click. I didn't, I don't think I saw them again. I don't even know if I went on a second date, to be honest, I don't remember. But it's all about just like not taking it seriously. Like, especially when I was going out and using Hinge, all of my friends had boyfriends and most of them still do. I mean, you know, boyfriends come and go. But like, I remember when I went out with my boyfriend, I was sitting in my apartment and I asked all my friends when I was bored, I was like, hey, like, all my closest friends at the time had, well, they're all still dating. Actually, they all had boyfriends, have boyfriends. So coincidentally, I asked them all on a Thursday night, like, what are you doing? And they all were like, oh, I'm seeing my significant, like they were like, essentially they all said in nicer words, like I'm see- like not in bad words, but like they all said, I'm seeing my boyfriend tonight. Can you do something tomorrow or later in the week? And I was like, fuck me. Like every single one of them. I asked like five of my friends. And then I had actually matched with my boyfriend like a few months before and we had talked, but I just never followed up because I was in LA and he was in New York. And then I went on Bumble, which I don't usually do, but I wanted something even lighter. Like I wanted someone to text me like, let's meet for a drink. And then we'd go out opposed to like, I feel like Hinge is more of like a sit down date versus Bumble is a little lighter. Okay. Um, And so I went on Bumble and he was the first boy to come up. Oh my God. Yeah, how funny. He was the first boy to come up and then we matched again. I said something like funny seeing you here. And then he asked me out for the next day. And then that was it. I really love that. Yeah, but you can't take it too seriously. Like you can't think of dating apps as like, let the guy take it seriously. Don't take it seriously. We are back today talking about Oza. You guys know that I think I am Martha Stewart. I love hosting more than anything. Again, I truly believe I'm Martha Stewart, also breadwinning housewife, okay? 
Oza is actually the world's first cam mimosa. I have talked about them before and I will talk about them again because I'm very passionate. It was actually created in 2019 after the founder Ryan and his friends were making a really giant mess while trying to make mimosas on a bumpy boat, which obviously is a recipe for disaster. And that's why Oza comes in because it is a canned mimosa. It saves you the stress, saves you the hassle. It saves you the cleanup. I mean, there's so many things. It is just incredible. It's also a big hit when you have guests. Oza is really great, especially at this time of year, because there are so many games, so many sporting events, tailgates, things like that that start early in the morning. So having a canned mimosa is truly like a game changer. So they're available in four wonderful flavors, including the classic orange, mango, cranberry, and peach bellini. They're sure to be a perfect fit for everyone. Unlike hard seltzers or other ready-to-drink cocktails, Oza is made with premium sparkling wine and 100% real fruit juice, which contains 80% less sugar and 60% fewer calories than traditional mimosas without sacrificing that incredible taste you know and love. Again, guys, it is a canned mimosa. You need it. I promise you it is the best thing ever. Okay, you guys can use code I love you at checkout for $5 off your first purchase. Visit tryoza.com. That is T-R-Y-O-H-Z-A.com to get your Oza mimosas shipped straight to your door today. Head over to tryoza.com to grab your Oza mimosas and use my code I love you for $5 off your first order. Hey, Fidel Curry Lee here. So can we all agree that mental health is okay to discuss and doesn't have to be so taboo? Life throws curveballs at us on a daily and the least we can do is cater to the relationship that we have with ourselves. So catch a new episode of my podcast, Because Life, every Wednesday to hear me and a mental health professional go there as we dive deep, be vulnerable, probably cry, and definitely laugh to discuss issues we all battle that become part of our mental health journey. Look, I get it. Life is hard, but talking about it together can make it a little bit easier. Tune in every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. I've never had less interest in dating before in my life, so I think that that uh, that might that actually, helps. That might work in my benefit, that actually. Helps. Now that I sit, think like, that. I think that I had the most success on like my in my dating life when I wasn't act- taking things seriously. Okay, I Does think that that's a good sense? idea. I want to talk about being the single friend when all of your friends have boyfriends, though, because oh my God. I you hear that all the time. Yeah. How did you handle that? To be honest, it was a different situation for me because my whole life, I mean, I had like a situationship date. Like I was dating someone in college, but... It was on and off. So a lot of the time I was a single friend. And then post-grad, because he and I ended in 2018, post-grad for a while until 2021, I was the single friend. And all of my friends had boyfriends. So I think that when I got my boyfriend, it was a coincidence that I actually, it was the first time in my life I kind of wanted a boyfriend. And then it just fell into place literally the next day when I thought about it. The stars kind of aligned. But before that, being the single friend was like, I mean, even then, like I wasn't even actually thinking too hard. I had one moment where I was like, ah, and then I happened to like match with him again. But I think that being the single friend is like, you have to have the mentality that it's just because they have something that you don't doesn't make them any better or you any worse or you any better, depending on how you look at it or them any worse, because the right person's going to come along for you at the right time. And if you're going to be insecure about what timing is right for you, then it's never going to come. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you can't sit there and think to my, to think to yourself, like all my friends have boyfriends. What's wrong with me? When I felt that way at some point in high school, nobody paid attention to me. 
not one guy would flirt with me. Men can feel insecurity from a mile away. However, they can also feel confidence from a mile away. And during the pandemic, I had never been happier and I had never gotten more male attention. Yeah. I remember you saying that in the TikTok or something. It's crazy the way it works. So you just, you really can't think of it as like something that's wrong with you. You have to think of it as, oh my God, I'm so happy for my friends. I'm so happy that they found their person or that it's working out with them. It'll be my time eventually. Then it'll be my time and then I'll have my moment. You can't think of it as anything more than that and don't let yourself think too hard about it. And the moment your friend can't do something because they're going out to dinner with their boyfriend, get on a dating app and get a date. It's really not hard as girl. Yeah, that is true. It really it's is not too easy. Like yes. you can literally go up to guys on the street and ask them what their favorite color is and you could end up with a date. I've yes. done that. Have you really? Oh my God. Yeah. I used to go up to guys all the time and ask like dumb ass questions. And then it just strikes conversation because guys are so much more insecure than we would like to think. That's actually so true. And you know what? It's not even that they're insecure because a lot of guys that I've done that with, I go up to them, I ask them something and then you get to talking to them and they're actually very confident. But, you know, striking conversation with somebody you have absolutely no relationship to, like either on the street or at a bar, it's it's tougher than you think. And we don't have to suffer through that issue because we're girls. Um, But the times where I feel like things are going a little slower than I'd like them to be, of course I would go up and do it myself. And then all of a sudden, like I fast forwarded the evening. Yeah, you were efficient. I was efficient. You were efficient. I was efficient with my time. And they were wasting it. Correct. You did them a favor. I'm impatient. I am too. I get that. (laughs) Yeah, if it's not immediate, I'm like, okay, next. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about quitting your corporate job. Yes. Congrats. Thank you. I love that for you. Thank you. Walk me through that process. When you started TikTok, I know you probably like had no idea what would happen, but did you even think about quitting? So this is what ultimately happened. I loved my job. Um, My team was amazing. My bosses were amazing. However, it was just really much more time consuming than I thought it would be. And they deserved all the time that I was putting in, but it just left me with no time for my brand. And quite frankly, the salary that I was making wasn't fully paying my rent. Okay. So, you know, X amount was coming from my corporate salary to pay my rent. And then X amount was coming from social, my freelance jobs, my campaigns, my ads, whatever it might be. And I was unable for the three months that I worked there to essentially be active on my social accounts at all and make content because I just didn't have the time. And yes, ads were still coming in in those three months, a lot. But if I let any more time go by and I was being any more inactive than I was, the ads would eventually stop. And then all of a sudden I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. So I just kind of had to make the executive decision. Do I want to continue this career in fashion that I kind of always envisioned for myself? Or do I want to be my own boss and take the chance on myself? And ultimately, uh, not having nine to five hours just seemed a lot more appealing. And I had saved enough. I was responsible about it. So I just kind of went for it. How do you feel now? Better than ever. It's definitely kind of scary to not know when your next paycheck is coming. Simply, even though everybody who works freelance has money saved. So it's not about that. It's just kind of like, I'm so used to having like a bi-monthly paycheck. And now it's like, not there. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that doesn't exist. It's an interesting way of life. If someone is listening right now and they're in a similar position where they want to take a chance on themselves. Yes. Give them a pet talk. What do they need to hear? 
nine to five fucking sucks. <laughs> like, why would you want to do it if you don't like, have to? Like, cue the to? slow music in the background. Like, literally, why would you want to do it if you don't have to? Like, be a bad bitch, save enough money so that, you know, you have a pillow if you fall. Because even though you're probably going to be amazing, I have no doubts in you, life happens. So make sure you have a pillow to fall on. But other than that, so few people, and I don't mean to, you know, talk ourselves up. So few people have the capability to do what we do. So if you're able to do it, why the fuck wouldn't you try? Yes. You know, I never want to see a corporate office again, ever in my life. I don't need to see it. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a part. I'm not I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to do it. No, thank you. So yes. if you could miss out on that and just for a living, do what you like to do, why wouldn't you take the chance on yourself? And it would be probably, it's probably going to be a million times better than you ever thought. Something really actually uh, embarrassing about me is that I have been having trouble falling asleep the past few months. And it's really not what you're thinking. It's not because I'm, you know, drinking too much caffeine later in the day or, you know, just busy. My mind's wandering, whatever. No, it's actually because I just read at night and it makes me never want to go to bed because I'm reading and I'm so focused and it makes me more awake. I'm actually having the opposite problem that I used to have. So I've actually implemented something recently into my night routine and it's actually helped me a ton because I really have actually seriously been having trouble sleeping and I swear it's probably from the books. I, I'm actually convinced because I don't know what else it would be from. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just, I'm reading this book and there's nothing I can do about it, okay? I like the book. It's a thriller. I mean, I need to know what happens. I've actually started taking the Papa and Barkley regular strength relief drops in natural. This has been a really big game changer and it's helped me sleep one, actually be able to get to sleep, but also I've just been sleeping so much better and I cannot believe I wasn't using this before. If you guys are unfamiliar, Papa and Barkley creates award-winning CBD solutions for pain, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. And unlike less effective CBD brands, they have an unmatched, clean, chemical-free whole plant process with proven results. Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm to ease his father's debilitating back pain. From that powerful homemade balm, Papa and Barkley has expanded to a full line of topical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules, all made with 100% natural clean ingredients, the whole plant, full spectrum CBD. Today, they're actually the number one cannabis wellness company in California with their new CBD relief line they can ship nationwide. Their CBD relief balm delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients and an at-home use test with over 300 participants. Users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week of using the balm. So the award-winning CBD oil relief drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. I love it. You will love it. I actually cannot believe that this is newer to me. I cannot believe I haven't been using this in my entire life. It honestly would have done me some good, okay? So Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. You guys can go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash I love you for 20% off your first purchase. That is 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A and B-A-R-K-L-E-Y-C-B-D.com slash I love you. Again, that is Papa and Barkley CBD.com slash I love you for 20% off. Something I think about all the time, like going back to what you said, it's like not everyone can do what we do. And right. people on one end, it's like, oh, I mean, anyone can start a social channel, whatever. It's like, by the way, like only like 1% of people who like start something 
in this realm really like actually gain a following and stick with it. But also if it was really so easy, then like, why don't you just do it? And also you're not, some people just like are not cut out for it. Like it is not for you. Like people love to sit there and be like, how are these girls just being pretty to make a living? Like, how are they just like making these like minute long videos? Like people, boys and girls making these videos, like just like making like roasts and then they get famous off of it. Okay, I'd love to see you try. Yeah. I'd love to see you try. Do it yourself. And cope with the thousands of hate comments, with the thousands of horrible DMs that all of us receive on a weekly basis. Like I don't flinch at that shit. And you know why I don't flinch at that shit? Because I was bullied and I had to learn to deal with it. And I had to learn to be uncomfortable with myself and then learn to be comfortable with myself. It didn't fucking happen overnight. How did you learn how to do that? Oh my God. I think my whole life, people loved to say, oh my God, you're so much. You're, you're just a lot. Like you're, you're too much. Oh my God, you're just so loud. And quite frankly, try to fucking keep up. You just can't. I'm not too loud. I'm not not too opinionated. You're not enough. I don't want to hear that anymore. And when I learned that, you know, it was never about my nose being too big or my size dress or how loud I was or how opinionated I was, it was simply I had something that they saw that they wanted and they couldn't have. Because I've done that. I've seen people that I envy. Everybody gets jealous. Like I've seen qualities in people. I'm not a mean person, so I don't put others down, but I've definitely caught myself thinking, well, I have this because Mm -hmm. I don't have something they have. And I'm like, oh shit, like that's really nasty. I should never think like that. I should think, wow, that's amazing that they have that, but I have this and that's great. And when I realized it was because people put other people down because they don't have something that you have or they're just miserable. And when I realized that the people that are mean need love the most, it was when I realized like, oh my God, I should be nicer to myself. Like I'm pretty cool. And I built confidence by achieving things that I thought were admirable. And when I did enough of those things, I realized that any insult somebody gave me, I just thought to myself, well, I did this. I'm so cool. It doesn't really matter to me what you think. I think that's a really important topic. The concept of the girl who's in quotes too much. Yeah. I think probably everyone that we're friends with can relate to this. That's yes. on some standard. I um, totally agree. Like for instance, before this was on, we were taking photos and we were like, lights, camera, action. Like, Literally. We were that, like, we were made for the yeah. camera. <laughs> no, I'm like, when you, we're in front of the camera, like I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Literally. You know? But I, I think everyone has dealt with that. It's not everyone, but a lot of girls can relate to that. And it's interesting because like a lot of guys, it's like, oh, well, that's, they can have the equivalent. And like, it's, they, I feel like the response to them is like very different. But as a girl who has a loud personality, who has a big personality, who's driven, who wants to do a lot of things, like you are really, you're kind of an easy target and you can be knocked down. And it's like, oh, you're annoying. You're too much. You're too this. Because it's one, I think sometimes like you're just not their person in general. But I do think a lot of it comes from, insecurity or a place of lack or the idea that there's not enough success, quote unquote, success to go around. And it's a really hard thing to navigate. Like I can think about specifically one of my best friends growing up and she was the epitome of that girl. And that's how people treated her. And incredible girl, but it was all, people are so mean for no reason. People are so mean. And you know what it is? And I've thought long and hard about this. Quite literally my whole life, society is quite literally built around to cushion men. And men don't want to feel inferior. So the girl that's loud and has an opinion needs to be silent so that men can be heard better. Yeah. Or for the girls that don't feel like they have as much of a voice because for whatever reason, they don't have a good enough personality in their eyes or whoever else's eyes that told them that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sick of being silenced. I'm over it. Yeah. So I think that 
the girl that's quote unquote too loud or too much is just trying to be silenced because she clearly has something to say by all society so that men can be louder or that the insecure people in the world, female or male, can have that attention when they just don't deserve it. And it's just kind of exhausting. Like, I don't need to dim my light to brighten yours. We can all shine. Yeah. There's plenty of success to go around for everyone. You don't need to make it a competition. I love what you say about confidence too and building confidence. I feel the way that when I am at my most confident and just the ways that I feel like I have built confidence in my life is... I think this is something that like Ed Milet said, but I realized that this is what I did. And it was like by making promises to yourself and keeping them. So if it's like, oh, this is something I want to do and I achieve it, even as small as like I make promises of like, I'm going to do an early morning workout and I go do it. And right. over time that has really built confidence because I, I think confidence is trust. You can trust totally. yourself. And I'm like, if I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it. And right. I've been that way in my entire life because I'm also like hard-headed and I'm like, oh, driven. So, so stubborn. Like, if I say I'm going to do it, it's going to happen. There's no way around it. Right. But you talk a lot about your journey with confidence and teach girls, I think, how to become confident. So I want to hear your perspective on this. So I think that my journey with confidence was really particular. I think that I had knocked on my confidence. I was, I think that even though people always assume I was always confident. It just didn't happen overnight. It wasn't at all like that. In fact, I was so insecure for most of my life until I was like 21. And I think that because I'm a happy person and I had a smile on my face and I have an opinion and I'm loud, people assumed that I was very confident because I wasn't afraid to say anything. But deep down, I was always like, I would walk into rooms and I'd be like, oh my God, they're looking at me because my hair looks bad today. Or I gained some weight recently or my outfit doesn't look as good as I wanted it to because whatever, like, I was so insecure. And then in 2018, I just kind of had a really rough summer. It was a really rough summer. And I kind of just hit rock bottom. And I thought really long and hard. And I had really supportive friends that were like, we don't recognize you anymore. Like the sparkle in your eye is gone. Like, and we don't know what to do. And I just thought to myself, like, I don't even know who I am anymore. So who do I want to be? How am I going to be secure about that person that I would love to be? And I thought about everybody that I admired. And the only thing that coincided with everybody that I thought of was that they were genuinely good fucking people. And what do good, confident, accomplished people do? And I listed out all the qualities that I wanted. They were motivated. They were badasses in the workplace. They were X, Y, and Z. And from there, I just kind of modeled out what I wanted for myself and I did it. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to do community service because nobody can say I'm a bad citizen. And if I do that and I want to give back, I just, I'm, I am a white blonde privileged girl. I should be giving back. There's no reason I'm a student. I have time on my hands. I should be giving back. So I started doing community service. How can I be a better daughter? Okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up about myself as much as I love talking about myself and just be more aware about what is going on. Not that I was ever very selfish, but there was definitely a point in time when I was going downhill where I was talking more about myself than I should have. And, you know, I should have been asking more of my family members what they were up to and how they were doing, what hobbies they were doing. My friends, the same thing. I started just being more attentive to what was going on around me with the people in my life. How else could I be a good daughter? You know, my parents were paying for expensive school at the minimum, get better grades. So I started studying more. I started getting better grades. I started, you know, being a better friend, a better daughter in terms of, you know, being more attentive. I, I I was working retail. I got promoted. I got a raise. And all of a sudden 
I had really good grades. I was doing so well at work. I got promoted. I was, you know, everybody at where I did community service, they knew me like, and all of these things just started building up. And I realized that I was a badass. I felt like a badass because I had proof on paper that I was good enough to myself. I didn't give a shit what anybody else thought. If people thought that the community service that I was doing was dumb, if they thought that I was lame for working retail, like whatever it was, it didn't matter to me because I thought I was cool. So all of a sudden I was like, if somebody said I'm lame, I could say, well, did you just get promoted? I don't fucking think so. I don't really care. And I just thought I was so cool. I I did all of these things that I thought, you know, made me a better person, made me more impressive, made me more motivated. And out of nowhere, I just became so happy with myself. And it, you know, every day without you realizing when you're doing the things that you set out to do, all the goals that you're trying to accomplish, every day you wake up a little happier. And until day like 75 goes by, you just don't even realize. And then day 90 comes around and you're like, wait, I feel, I'm not there yet, but I feel so much better than I did on day one. That's not to say that, you know, you need to do community service or whatever it might be to be confident, but like, that's just what worked for me. And I think that is how I'm just, I'm a very uh, analytical and self-critical person. So it really helped for me to be able to, not that I ever wrote it out, but to, you know, see it on paper, metaphorically, you know, my accomplishments. And then when I built that up enough, I was like, I'm such a bad bitch. Nobody can take that from me. I'm good now. (laughs) But I think that's so important because you did what would make you feel good, right? right? So I think it's obviously like a personal thing, but that's what you felt like was good for you. And so at the end of the day, the only opinion that mattered was your own opinion. Right. And I think some, a lot of the times we allow other people's opinions of us to kind of jade our view of ourselves. Totally. Or we allow what someone else is doing or what someone else says. And it's like, oh, well, that's cool. But really, like, I think this is cool. But because they think that's cool, that's what I have to be. And I think, like, literally practically writing out who you want to be and who you want to become and what things are important to you. And going off that, I think that's invaluable. Like, that is so important. 100%. It is very important. Um, I want to talk about your upbringing, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, you, okay. Let's get into it. Yes. Audrey's a child. What were you like? Oh, my God. Rambunctious, loud, opinionated. I was actually pretty obedient unless I felt like something was stupid. And that didn't happen often, but like I was a pretty good kid. Like I would listen to my mom and dad always for the most part. But then if I thought something was like dumb, like for instance, my mom, like when I was like 11 and like the hangover came out, all my friends saw it, but I I didn't get to see it. My mom was like, no, it's rated R. I don't care if your friends saw it. You cannot see it. And then I threw a tantrum about that. I was like, this is so stupid. Like everyone has seen it. Why can't I just see it? And then I obviously went behind her back and I saw it. But it was like dumb little things like that. But for the most part, I was pretty obedient. Like, where did you grow up? I grew up, so I was born and raised in Miami until I was 12. And then when my parents, when I was six months old, my parents divorced. Okay. um, And my dad moved to New York. He was from, he had lived here before they got married and then he moved back to New York. And then I moved here and went to boarding school. I have so many questions about boarding school. Oh my God, boarding school was the titties. I loved it. It made me who I am, I swear to God. Okay, tell me all about it. Because I recently, randomly enough, have been talking to people who went to boarding school. Yeah. And they all say the same thing, that they loved it. It was the best thing to ever happen to me. I think that I just personally never connected with anything about Miami. I think it didn't help that I went to an all-girls Catholic school where they were really petty I was the only kid at school in Miami with divorced parents at an all-girls school because it was religious. All the parents were like, even if they were miserable, nobody was getting divorced. Girls would ask me like, so your dad doesn't love you? 
Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, in like second grade. So like from day one, I was just never down. Like I just didn't vibe with Miami. I didn't love the people. It just, everybody spoke Spanish at home, which is great. I speak Spanish, but I spoke French at home. Like there was just so many things that made me different. I was the only white girl. Everyone else was Hispanic. My only one other friend was a white blonde girl. And then everybody else, I was just treated differently because I was different. And, you know, I don't think anybody intentionally meant to be mean. I mean, a lot of the times they did, but I think largely they didn't mean to. I just wasn't one of them. And that was, that's totally okay. It just wasn't my vibe. So I left and going to boarding school was the best thing I could have done for myself because I'm never leaving New York and I'm never leaving the Northeast. Like, it's just not fucking happening. Like I could see myself moving to LA, but the driving thing, cause I don't drive would be hard. The only other place I would live is LA. I do love it there, but I like New York better. I think I'm a New Yorker. And it's just because I went to boarding school and it made, it just made me more mature. It made me more emotionally stable. I think I got the shit kicked out of me in a way at boarding school because girls can be mean there. Like it was a different kind of mean though than in Miami. Like it was like catty in a, in a way that Miami wasn't. Like, I think that Miami was like a stupid mean. Like they were like a dumb mean and like your parents don't love you. They're divorced versus in, it was more intentional yeah. at boarding school. They it like was really thought, thought it right. It was yeah. like gossip girl kind of mean, which is like, you'd think I would dislike that more, but it was more of a mind game that I could win. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what I am I supposed that. to say when someone so dumbly looks at you and they're like, oh my God, like your dad doesn't pick you up. I'm like, Ah, yeah. versus like when someone would look at me at boarding school and they'd be like, those shoes last season, I'd be like, oh, those under eye circles. So not your look. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like two can play at that game versus in Miami, I was kind of defeated. But it's funny because people on TikTok will be like, she was such a mean girl in high school. Girl, I was bullied in high school. People called me big nose girl, but I was kind of bullied all my life for different reasons. But boarding school was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wouldn't have gone to GW, which is where I got, went to college, which is the best four years ever. Um, I definitely would have moved back to New York if I had not gone to GW. I definitely would have just gone back regardless of where I went to school, but it led me to GW, which was amazing. And I just loved, you know, learning to become, I was already independent in the first place. I've always been independent, but learning to become independent at boarding school, regardless of the shit I went through was the best thing ever. Because you know what? Let's be frank. High school sucks no matter where you go period, the end. I don't think the people that loved high school, in my opinion, I'm so sorry if you liked high school, but I don't think that you did because you definitely wouldn't be this successful. I moved out my senior year of high school. But there you I go. didn't hate my high school experience, but I clearly I moved out early. Like it wasn't- There you like, go. Yeah. But the people that like thrive for high school yeah. are the people that are like, that's the, that's the most they're going to thrive in life. So I, I think that like high school does suck wherever you go, unless you're that person who loves it. And I wouldn't have rather done it anywhere than at Blair, which is where I went. What is it like though? Like I picture almost like either it's like Cadet Kelly or it's Zoe 101. Like, oh my God, what is it was Zoe 101. Actually like? It was oh like, my God, my, I was for that. My experience was more like, like definitely things didn't happen the way they did on Zoe 101, but it was definitely more of a Zoe 101 experience. Like there were so many fun traditions. There were like the boys and girls minkling was so funny. Like now it's a lot stricter. Ever since I graduated, it apparently became a lot stricter. But at the time, like, you know, the faculty, like it was almost kind of like, am I allowed to say sex? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I love to say sex. Like everyone knows like in high school, I mean, I certainly didn't have sex in high school, but like people had sex yeah. in high school and te like technically it wasn't allowed, but teachers knew like they're either going to go somewhere fucking weird and have sex, or we're just going to like turn a blind eye and like hope to God that nobody gets pregnant, which I mean, nobody when I was there ever got pregnant, but 
Like it was just really chill in the sense that like, even if they weren't having sex, like teachers would, like try to blind eye and like kids would go hook up in the dorms opposed to like the alternative was like the golf course. Like, yeah, like what do you want them to do? Like the theater, like <laughs> classrooms, which was like, it, it, it was fun when I did do that. I'm not gonna lie to you. But so it was like Zoe one in that sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you see like the kids sneaking off and like there's all these fun traditions and these fun events. Like, yes, it's like that in that sense. Were you sad to graduate or were you ready to go? I was super ready to go. My senior year, I was very over it. My senior year of college and high school, I was very over it. I was just kind That's of- typical too though. I was ready yeah. to move on. Like flirting was great. I was done. Like I was home every weekend, senior year. Like I was over it. And GW was the same. Like college was the same. By the end of it, I was like not going out as much. I was like, I just want to start my life now. We talk a lot about wellness, a lot about routines and a lot about health on this show. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit today about hair health. I have noticed over the past few years that my hair has been shedding a lot more frequently. Like, you know, when you run your hands through your hair and then all this hair falls out and you're like, this is gross, but I'm also alarmed. Well, I'm here to talk about that today. Also, a lot of my friends, we've just been talking about like hair thinning out recently. I don't know if it's stress or something that just happens as you get older. I don't know, but 30 million women are actually impacted by weekend or thinning hair. So if you're among them, no, you're not alone. And there is a solution that you can trust to deliver results. It's also really, really easy to add into your routine, which I love. So Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Hair is such a confidence thing. And that's why I really care so much about Nutrafol and sharing it with you guys, because I know it just helps so much with confidence. So Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. So healthier hair growth takes time. You're going to begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported they had improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code I love you to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, you guys are able to get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code, I love you. I feel like part of my problem in life though is like always been ready for the next stage. Like I'm trying to learn how to be present. But I, like, again, I literally moved out early. Like I moved to LA when I was a senior in high school. Like I was always ready to go. And I don't love that quality about myself, but right. I do think it's gotten me where I am today. Totally. You know? and I, but here's, I mean, I think it's appropriate in those stages of life to feel like there's something next. And you should always be hungry for achieving the next thing. But you don't come across as a person that's like impatient, wants to be done with it. Like you come across as someone who's just hungry for success and whatever's next in that sense. It doesn't seem to me like you're not living in the moment, which is the way I am. (laughs) I live in the moment, but I'm very hungry for whatever's next. Okay, good. I feel like that's what I want to be. Right. Because that I think is healthy. You should read the book. It's this amazing book. It's called The Power of Now. Uh, How did I know that that was going to be the book? I will. I am the biggest reader in the world. The best book. So I will read it. It's the best book. And it really, I used to be such a planner. I'm not at all anymore. I will not plan. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Interesting. I just don't, I mean, I'll plan with like, I mean, my boyfriend's an investment banker. So like, if he says, let's do dinner Saturday, that's like my only window of opportunity to have dinner with him. Yeah, like you have to. That that I'll plan. But like my closest friends, like 
I live in my, in the same building as my, one of my best, best friends. So like, I don't plan things with her. Like she and I went, and she also doesn't like to plan. So it works. Like when it happens, it happens. Like, okay. And if, you know, it's just easier that way. And then there's no stress. Like I'm always on the go. What if something comes up? I'm a content creator. You know, I'm trying to live my life and, you know, (laughs) be spontaneous and do fun things randomly. What if for last minute I get invited somewhere? Like, I just don't want to block off opportunities by constantly planning. And I felt like planning did more detriment than it did good. It was closing windows more rather so than opening them. And the power of now really opened my eyes to like, you can never actually be happy in the present if you're thinking about the future. Okay, I'm going to read that. You book. need to read it. I will it. download so it on my Kindle today. It's so good. Okay, good. Um, Let's talk about TikTok growth. First off, actually give a little background on your journey with TikTok. Oh my God. It started in high school when I was obsessed with Vine. Oh my God. I yeah. was a Viner. I was obsessed. I had an account. I thought it was really funny. I love that. Um, I definitely did not have advanced enough humor to be Vine famous. However, I loved Vine. I was obsessed with it. And then do you remember when like fashion blogging became a huge thing on Instagram? I was obsessed. Like Amy Song, Kiara Faragni. I was in love. I was like, oh my God, I need to be that. So I started a fashion blog and everybody bullied me in high school. They were all like, oh my God, what a freak. Like, why is she taking pictures of her outfit? And then I kind of grew out of it by the time I got to college because I was like, well, if everybody in high school thought it was lame, like what if everybody in college thinks it's lame? And then one of my best friends found out about it because I like slipped it while I was drunk. Like, oh, I had this blog and she convinced me to start it up again because she loved it. And she's like the biggest cheerleader of a friend ever. Love you, Taylor. But she convinced me to do it again. And then I did it again. And a lot of my new friends made fun of me. And then I was like, all right, this is a dead dream. Internet fame is not for me. No more. I'm over it. And then it was just kind of done by then. Like I thought like, I'm over it. I'm I'm not going to do this anymore. And then the pandemic hit and I was working at the fashion group at Hearst Magazines um, and the lifestyle and design group on the sales side. And, you know, in sales during the pandemic, things were slow. So when the pandemic hit, I just had a lot more free time on my hands. And I had a TikTok account that I would scroll through for a long time, but I never made content. And then when I was quarantining with some of my friends, they said, I, I made a joke. I was like, maybe I'll just get TikTok famous like in this quarantine, like it'll be funny. And they were kind of nasty about it. Actually, in fact, they were nasty. They were like, what guy's gonna want to go out with you if you do that? Like, why Ew. would like why would you do that? Like, that would be so weird. The right one, idiot. And they go, how are you gonna explain this to people? And they didn't mean bad by it, but obviously it was not nice. Yeah. And they obviously they apologized and it was all fine. And now they're so supportive, but they didn't get the vision. Nobody under, yeah. but to be fair, nobody understood the vision mm-hmm. when it was March, 2020 millennials were like, what the fuck is this? Like nobody, everyone had been so against it. And I was like, like me and my other friend were like scrolling and we were like, how are you not on this? By you the way, were way ahead of the curve with that. Right. Yeah. And now all of them are like, oh my God, did you see that TikTok? You should do your trend. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now you want my PR and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But they made the comment, like, you can't do it. And I was like, all right. And I did it. I yep. did one video and I was like, and it went viral overnight, like a million views overnight. What video was it? I deleted it because at the time I was working in fashion and I never thought it would go viral. It was what your favorite designer says about you. And I was brutal. Oh my God. If I, if I posted that today, I'd get canceled so fucking fast. Like it was so not PC. Like it was the opposite of PC. Okay. I just said like things that I shouldn't have said. <laughs> They're true. But like, and I think that, you know what it is? It was Sex in the City kind of humor. The shit you see on Sex in the City, okay. people would be like, well, not necessarily. Yes, yes actually, yeah. If you yeah. see shit on Sex in the City and you're like, oh my God, if that aired today, it would it, be so criticized. It, it wouldn't fly. It, it would not fly. Yeah. It was humor like that, which is my kind of humor anyways. 
but I deleted the video, but it gave me 10,000 followers. And from there, it just went. And I just kind of followed that format of like what Blank says about you and like rating things. And then it went from rating things to I was still doing the what Blank says about you. And I did what your favorite brunch spot in New York City says about you. And that's when everybody became so interested in my opinion on New York City because I had insight because I've lived here for a while. Then it turned into recommendations and then it turned into, you know, funny stereotypes in New York and blah, blah, blah. What is like your biggest thing that you want to do? So I'm obsessed with Morgan Stewart. Me too. I'm obsessed with her. Obsessed. She's an icon. Oh my God. She's perfect. She's an icon. Yep. She's perfect. She's an icon. She's a legend and she is the moment. However, I'd like to skip um, the failed reality show. Yeah, I, I get that. I think- I, I love the reality it. show. I loved yeah. it. But in the eyes of like, Everybody else, it was a failed show. And like, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. It had I just four seasons. I mean, like, it's, I liked it. Let me put it this way. Let's not say I would like to skip a failed show because in my eyes, it was a huge hit and success because <laughs> she's so fucking funny and the cast was amazing. However, I would like to skip the reality show thing because I don't want to be on reality TV. Um, not my thing. I've been offered to be on like five reality shows and I turn it down because like, I just, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to be like an E! News uh, broadcaster or correspondent. Yeah. I would love to ha be a mixture of like Andy Cohen and like Morgan Stewart and that I have my own talk show, but I don't want it to be like Andy, uh, Andy kind of show. I want it to have a sense of like Morgan slash Audrey type of thing. Like I that's what that. I would love to do one day, whether that show is on something like Snapchat or like a show on like an equivalent or like you that. You want to sell it to someone. Exactly. Okay. Like I would love to do that. Like, I don't know if I would want to be on actual TV. I would want it to be slightly more low key but almost like a combination. Like I love Olivia Palermo and she's an icon. I don't know if you know who that who is. is. That? She's just like a New York City socialite. Okay, she was cool. on the, the show, The City. Okay. She's she's literally just known for being a socialite. Like, and she's just so chic. So that's why I think of her. She's toned down in that she's just a socialite, right? And she's made so much money off of me. She was like, honestly, like after Paris Hilton, kind of like, like her, Tinsley Mortimer, like up there of like socialites. Like one of the OG socialites in that, but she was never like the party girl. She was always like down to do business and like model and blah, blah, blah. Brand deals from way before anybody knew what a fucking brand deal was. So I'd like to be more toned down like her, but not as like flat as her, if that makes sense. Because I'm way louder than her. I love Morgan Stewart. I, love I think she's the funniest person to walk this earth. Like she is. The things she says, I'm like, oh my God. why didn't I fucking come up with that? Literally. And she just doesn't care. Like she really she just, fuck. oh my God, I love her. Okay, last thing I want to talk about is like internet hate and people being so mean and blah, 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 blah. And I know you said you feel like you were almost like made for it because you were bullied growing up. But right. how have you navigated it? Because it's even getting hate. Like I think I've been on the internet for so long. So it, it I'm pretty numb to it. But there are sometimes if you catch me on the wrong day, that it right. will affect me maybe three times a year kind of thing. Right. But on the days that it does affect you or it's like kind of, I don't know, whatever, something that's bothering you, how have you like handled it? Because it is different on the internet versus like in person. When I first started TikTok and I first started getting the hate comments, again, I'm probably the most unbothered, confident person I know because trust me, whatever you have thought to say to me, I have thought worse of myself and I've heard worse. So like it goes over my head pretty much. But when I started TikTok, I didn't realize what the volume was going to look like. Because, you know, growing up, I dealt with comments all the time, but it wasn't thousands at a time. It wasn't hundreds at a time. Like, 
when I made my first video bashing Navy sheets, um, all the 12 year old boys found it, which obviously was not meant for 12 year old boys. It was meant for postgrads and yes. you know, and college students. 12 year old boys are some of the worst group they of people on the internet. They are so mean. They are ruthless. Oh, yes. And they found me. I ended up on the wrong side of TikTok. But <laughs> regardless of whether I was coming from 12 year old boys or older men, because lots of older men were doing it too. It was the first time I really got hate and I had to turn off my comments. I couldn't do it. Like the comments were ruthless. It was like being called an ogre, being called worthless in society. I got this like long message. I have the screenshot somewhere being like, you're so fucking stupid. You're so fugly, blah, blah. Like literally the, the, I think the meanest message I've ever read. It was so brutal. Actually I've read worse, but it was really bad. It was the first time ever in my life since high school I had been affected by like hate, if that makes yeah. sense. Because yeah, in, in college I was insecure, but if somebody made a comment, I'd be like, this has more about you than it does about me. I was still old enough to understand that. So this was the first time in my life since high, early high school that I was like insecure or like felt insecure for a minute because everybody has their moments. And it really hurt. It, it took me a couple months, honestly. The first few months that were on TikTok, like I was, it was so interesting. It was such high highs and such low lows. Because like sometimes you want to curl up in a ball and just like not leave your house. Literally. Yeah. And like my parents were like, why did you turn your comments off? Because my parents are such cheerleaders. They're constantly checking my TikTok. They're like, I can't believe you turned your That's comments so on. Why? Off why? And I was like, you don't get it. Like you think that you'd be okay seeing all these random comments calling you hideous and disgusting and horrible and worthless. But like, when it's thousands at a time like this, like you're not okay. Like, and then now I'm completely numb to it. Somebody could say whatever the fuck, but I've been doing it for over a year now. It took a good, like from May to September. So the good, the first like four, five, four or five months, it was really high highs and really low lows because some days I was thriving and people were like, oh my God, I love you. Cause you know, the internet's so hot and cold. And then other days I literally wanted to curl up in a ball and die. I was like, this is horrible. Like this is, I can't believe I signed up for this. And now I'm like, I used to delete the comments and now I don't even delete the comments. Now I'm like, you're just pushing me the algorithm. Be my yeah. guest. No. Call me fat and ugly, please. Yep. I'm like, any engagement is good engagement. Any engagement yep. is engagement. No PR is bad PR. But I, I, that's how I dealt with it. Because like now again, I'm numb. But it was months of me being like battling in my head being like, do I get upset about this? Like, do I let this mean something to me? And now I don't even go through the comments that much, to be honest. I think for me personally, if I'm in a place where I'm already just a little bit more vulnerable as a human, yeah. if I'm going through something, if I happen to be a little more insecure, if I, whatever it might be, that's like the only time that it will get to me sometimes. But I think over time, you really do just like, I think the only answer is to just become numb to it. Literally. And I think like hate comments are funny. So like, which is kind of like not maybe like the best way to handle it. Oh my God. No, that's the best way to handle it. You I, have to laugh at that. so funny. And sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I agree. Like that's kind of true. But yeah, like, totally. I'm like, totally. oh yeah. And then close friends. And then everyone thinks it's funny. We laugh, we move on. You know, like, by the way, you have to be very, very funny for it to end up with my close friends. Like it's not just anyone and everyone. But I get, you just get to the point where you're like, whatever. The way that I started thinking about it and what made me feel better about it is if you were on the street and you were walking down the street and a random person came up to you and said, you look so fucking ugly. You're so worthless. You would not be upset. You'd be like, oh my God, you fucking crazy person. What the fuck is wrong that's with really you? Good, actually. And then you think to yourself and when you think about it, that's the exact same thing as a comment on the internet. It's the exact same thing. You run into something on your algorithm and you're like, oh, fuck you. You suck just because you don't agree. If someone was sitting at a dinner table with you or you overheard a conversation and you said, fuck you, you're fat and ugly. I don't like you. You're worthless. Bitch, sit the fuck down. You have bad manners. Your parents raised you wrong. And that's when I started thinking to myself, you know what? 
these people are all like using iPhone threes in their basement in Oklahoma. Like I feel bad for them. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to live in Oklahoma. No, no shade to Oklahoma, but that's just the way I cope. Yeah. Well, and it's like, what kind of person would do that? Like, that's embarrassing. Imagine, okay, imagine you see one of your friends in real life leaving a hate comment on some random person that will never know who they are right. on Instagram. Like, that is so embarrassing. Like, what would your parents think? That is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's mortifying. So then I stopped caring. I was like, this is the same thing as if someone was walking down the street and said this to me. And I wouldn't blink if someone said it to me on down the street. So you know what? I can't let this, I can't let this affect me. And that okay. was the end of it. I love that. That's perfect. It's a good analogy. It really is. I think that's actually, that's a, that's a clip. That's really good because that's really going to help people. Actually. Yes. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You were such you? a joy. Oh, thank you. I am the Audrey Peters on all platforms. And I like your other TikTok too, Audrina, right? Oh, yes. My alternative um, TikTok is it's Audrina bitch. It's really funny. <laughs> I love you. that one. People like that one better sometimes. It's so funny. She's, she's funny. Yeah, she's funny. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, leave a nice rating interview. Join the Geneva group chat. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. All that stuff. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye.